Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. Today you're in for a treat. I have the opportunity to have a friend of mine on the show that I actually got to spend some time with earlier this year and really got to know him well. I want to introduce him to you, my buddy Sam Wilson. Sam, how are you, man? Hey, I'm great, Shannon. How about yourself? Doing all right. Sam, where are you in the world this fine Wednesday? Uh, I'm based out of Memphis, Tennessee. Perfect. Sam, you have an interesting story because there's a lot of things in your life right now that you never intended to be involved with. Am I right, my friend? You're 100% right. And in fact, I would say everything in my life (laughs) that that is good actually is entirely coincidental. My wife and I laugh about that the the other day. It's like, I kid you not, my kids, my dog, my wife, my house, even my vehicles just showed up. And it's like, wait, everything great. It's all good. I I love it all. But I didn't go looking for any of this. Even I even say my wife, like I didn't really necessarily want to get married. Just a, a pretty smart girl came along and I'm like, Oh, if I don't take her, she's going to run away. I better keep well, her. Well, so now that you've confirmed to all of my audience members that you're not stupid, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty smart girl showed up. You kept her. The dog showed up. You kept him. Yep. The kids showed up. And so far, we're keeping them. Yeah. Well, Sam, how does a guy get that lucky? Trial and error, man, and a lot of hard knocks. I'll tell yeah. you that. It's it, the thing I've said this over and over. Like, I can write a book on how to fail, right? Yeah. I mean, those are the successes that come along with just beating your head into a wall way too many times. Sam, I was just having this conversation with another person, and we've been conditioned as a society not to have failures. We've all viewed failures as bad things, but I've actually think I'm going to try and coin this phrase that I actually do have a dollar for every time I failed. Because it's through the failure that I learned how to succeed, and that's where I've made the money. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the phrase, there's no failure, there's only feedback, right? Couple that with none of us get out of here alive. Right. You sure as heck better be doing something, you know, that causes you to fail along the way. Like if you're not gambling or risking in some regard and not getting feedback going, oh, crap, that didn't work. Yeah. You're probably playing it way too safe. Yeah. No, and that's true because, you know, we don't want that. We don't want to get close enough to the line that it hurts. You know, we want to make sure that we're right down the middle. It doesn't cause us any ripples. It Everything goes smooth. But yet that's never where the growth happens. That's never where able to see that because, but why is it, Sam, why is it that growing only happens when you're uncomfortable? Man, that's a hilarious comment that you put there, uncomfortable. So I have a morning routine, right? It's like it's got yearly goals, which have changed dramatically this year, which you know, we probably won't have time for on this show. But part of that is every year I label like the goal for that year or the theme of what that year would be. In 2021, I said, I must become uncomfortable in everything I undertake. Everything. Well, you and- nailed that. Oh, brother. I mean, I have only known discomfort this year, but I've seen amazing things come out of it, right? 
So I can't complain. It's just. Are you getting comfortable with being uncomfortable? I know that sounds cliche, but is there a point where you recognize that the best things that happen to me, growth wise, personal business come in that space? Does it make it any easier to stay there and get your head caved in? Yes. Yes, it does. Because you have to ask. Dang it. (laughs) Sorry. Where's the part where you can just sit in the sun and eat chocolate that you get the same results? That's the one I want to sign up for. (laughs) It's not on this side of the river, friend. (laughs) It's it's not there. I had a thought there for you that you had triggered. Um, It wasn't, it was, you know, not failing forward or not, you know, I don't know, failure. There's no failures feedback. It was one of the great thought I had, but it's gone now. So it'll come back to you. Yeah, for sure. In another time of discomfort. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, Sam, have you learned, I'm sure that during this year of discomfort, you've learned that you are incredibly special, that there's only one like you, that nobody else can do what you're doing, that all of these things are just about your awesomeness, right? No, sir. I appreciate the leading question. Uh, You know, this isn't court, so I can lead the witness. (laughs) <laughs> right? No. I mean, I don't know how you want this answered or what the, what the question really Honestly. is. But no, there's nothing special about me. I mean, anybody can do it. Anybody can do this. You just got to get off your derriere and get it done, man. And that's, that's French for ass. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how this show is rated. Um, <laughs> yes, but you really... Sorry for Rob Nett. <laughs> that's appropriate yeah there you go right so you've put yourself in uncomfortable places i mean i know your story a little bit more but you had no intention of doing all the things that you're doing but yet you're kind of excelling at it yeah i mean things are going great man i mean i'm running a daily real estate podcast which 365 days ago i had that thing that itch in the back of my mind that said who wants to talk to sam wilson right like who wants to get on a podcast with me and shoot, man, we're not 30 days away from having three, episode 365 go live. And I've got yeah. to, to get outside of my comfort zone and ask. I mean, the answer is always no until you ask, right? What do you got to lose? Right. Like, what's the pretty girl going to say? No. Okay. What well, was no before you open your mouth and it's no after she walked away. So you've lost absolutely nothing. Right. I mean, it's the same thing on running a podcast. I mean, we've, we've done some great deals this year and just putting yourself out there and going, oh my gosh, like, yes. Oh, that was the thought was... People often wonder, like, what happens if I fail? But I think you really need to focus on what happens if I succeed. Like, internalize that. Go, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, what happens if I succeed? That'll be really great, won't it? And then you can weigh out the risks of not taking the chance. I mean, it's not like we're talking about chances of winning the lottery. We're talking about chances of you actually doing what you've plotted to do, that you're educated to do, that you're in your school of thought, your training, you're able to do. Why wouldn't you, right? Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is it that you're finding is really making this uncomfortable season of your life work for you? Growth. I think that's it. You get to so what are you about nine foot eight now? <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully, you know, that happened early on. I was six feet tall when I was twelve. So I stood over everybody in class like a giant. I, st- I still haven't found my hands yet. My coordination never <laughs> did catch up. But um, it uh, no growth, literally literal your or, or uh, internal growth, like yeah. growth as a person. I realized that today when I had an opportunity ship my way, it was something I was working on two years ago. A deal I'd or a letter of intent we had submitted, no interest, dissipated, fell apart, and then Monday I got a call like, "Hey, we're actually interested in selling this." Oh interesting. And I knew I was a different person today reading that LOI. I'm like, you know what? You know, I could want, I can put that together Two, There's an internal sense of confidence and just knowing what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, 
that's growth. Just having that internal confidence uh, on the growth side. And I guess that, that's probably the answer to it is just growth in general. I mean, there's only one way to get it, right? And we both know that. So with that, on a scale of one to 10, how uncomfortable were you this year? 9.9. And how much have you grown this year? Incredible amounts. I mean, both as a business person, as an individual, just in on our home front, you know, we can share the 32nd version of the story. We had three foster kids show up on February 1st. It literally was a 30 minute family, five, three and one or five, three and eight months from abuse, trauma backgrounds. I didn't sleep for seven months. I kid you not. I had no more than two hours at a time sleep from February until gosh, late August is when we finally got everybody finally in a rhythm. Finally, it's like, oh, Wow. So yeah, that's really uncomfortable. At points we were on the knife's edge of sanity and insanity. Like yeah. you have you sleep is a biological necessity. And when you that's, run months at a time, you just go crap. Like there's like things aren't good. That's why they use it to interrogate people, right? Sleep deprivation is an effective tool. An effective tool. That's why your wife wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning and wants to talk about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully not. But yeah, so I mean Coupling that, coupling with running a business, coupling with, you know, we've taken down, oh gosh, somewhere between 30 to $35 million in deals this year. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, still humping it out on the work side, right? Uh, but still, you know, I mean, that's very uncomfortable. Still put out a daily podcast, which for those that don't know, it's a heck of a lot of work. And, you know, I don't know how often yours airs, Shannon, but it's work. Yeah. It's work yeah. it's all done. No, it is. And, when you look at what your next year's looking like, you know, you said you write down goals. Are you looking to be at a 9.9 on the uncomfortable scale for 2022? Absolutely not. You got to pick. You don't want that right? much growth, huh? Well, you got to pick your discomforts, <laughs> man. I mean, there's a there's a point between self-mutilation and, you know, growth, right? Yeah. You got to pick the areas where you say, you know, like this is a growth. And then there's also once you grow into that stage, whatever it is, my ne- I already got my theme for next year. I'll, I'll pull back the curtain on. It's called the year of quality. Like mm-hmm. I want everything that I do to be not good, but quality. It needs to be authentic. Yeah. It needs to be well thought out. It needs to be planned. It needs to be purposeful. So I think those are also areas of growth coming off of a year of discomfort and then going into a year of quality, I think is, is uh, really what I'm aiming for. Well, and when you're looking at that quality, you can appreciate that more because you've looked at some of the mistakes, right? There's been mistakes this year, but you're looking at that, being able to look at that and go, I just saw how not to do that. Now I know what quality of time looks like. You know what quality of sleep is. You know, you know what that looks like. And now you can really kind of be at that place where you can decide because you've been able to do what you've done. I mean, doing $35 million worth of deals, buddy, that is big. I mean, when we talked in January, when you were here in Boise, you were looking at a parking lot, right? You were looking at maybe some, uh, you were going to buy this piece of property, you were going to fence it, and you're going to make some RV surface parking. It was all you were going to do. That was all you had on your horizon. Yeah. And from there to do 35 million bucks is enormous. Right. And now you're going to take that up again and bring that stabilized thought process into it. That's it. It's a stabilized thought process. It's no longer the like run and gun. You're running around. Would you say running 100 mile an hour with your house on fire? Yeah, like, exactly. That's fun for a season as well. But it's also like, wait, we're going to be very intentional and very methodical about what we do and what we undertake and really put the blinders on. And that- but I also said, 
if I wasn't doing that, I'd probably be on the hunt for a gas can and a lighter, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of truth in that, but you're right. To have that quality, to have that balance in, you know, deal flow and family life and sleep and all of those kinds of things is, but you wouldn't know that unless you'd had the year you've had. Right. 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 And so there's that yin and yang of it all that you don't really know what you have until you don't have it or you don't know what you want until you haven't or have had too much of the other thing. Right. Yeah, that's right. So now that you're looking at that, did you overestimate what you could get done in a year or did you underestimate what you could get done in a year? Probably overestimated. That's a great question. I'm not sure I know the answer to it. In the end of the year, I have overestimated because I've had to rewrite my goals multiple times, right? Usually I have a goal for the year. There's an income goal. There's an X goal. There's all these different goals. And they kind of just go all across the from all the different roles based off of a book called Your Best Year Yet. And it's got all these roles. And then what do you, what's your goal for each role in your life? And I've had to rewrite that probably five times as you get 80% of the way through the year and you go, oh, wait, I'm not going to hit my income goal. It's just not going to happen. Like with the current set of circumstances I'm with, my time is limited. My focus is limited. It's just not going to happen. Oh, well, like rewrite it and accept it for what it is. But you know, I had a gal on my show, Rachel Richards, who wrote a book called Money Honey. And she always set more goals than she could achieve. She always came to the end of the year and said, well, if I did 75 and I knew that I put my goals out there so that I could get to them and I know that, maybe I'm not going to put... 75 goals on the paper, I'm going to put 50. But if I put 150 and know that I'm not even going to get close to all of them, I'm going to get 75, which is more than if I just wrote something I would right. achieve, right? right? So there's both sides. Then you're me, and I got to remember what I wrote down, right? I got to keep revisiting it because I forget. But it also goes to the thought process that says that you overestimate what you'll get done in a year, but you underestimate what you do in 10. Right, for sure. So now looking at the foundation that you've built over this last 10 months since we checked in last and everything that you've done, do you think your 10 year goal is too big or too small? Probably too small. Yeah. And I love hearing that from a guy like you. (laughs) I mean, seriously, because, you know, there were so many things when you and I spent the day together, there was a lot we had in common. And to hear that you can put that foundation and have that year of tribulation, you know, biblical tribulation. I mean, there was everything but locust in my life. I don't know how yours went, but we're coming to the end of it. And now we go to that quality, but now you can put that quality in. And now you've got that ability to go, I'm going to blow this up. I am absolutely going to get way farther than I thought because of everything I I had year one, right? Yep. Yep. It's the foundation, man. That's it. It's it is establishing a firm foundation from which to now build upon. You should know something about building foundations. I know a few things, but, you know, I love your compression of the timeline. I mean, you got the dog, the kids, the truck all this year, right? Not the dog, the kids, oh. the truck, and the, uh, yeah, the kids and the truck were this year. But, yeah, I mean. I mean, you're like one thing short of a country music song. I know. I you know? I do have an RV. I mean, maybe we could throw that in there for a Well, either that, that came, or I could put. me on accident, too. So. Yeah, I could put your uh, address on here and tell my listeners to bring you a dog. Then you got two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good. No. So, Sam, if, if you're going to boil this down and you're going to just hone in on quality, what is it that's going to give you that quality over the other options that you have? And why did you pick quality as what you want for next year? Because I've lived, I turned 40 in December and the first 40 years I would say have been really just ready, fire, aim, 
And I've done a lot of different stuff. I've had my hands involved in, I've been successful at them. I've had a good time. I've learned an incredible amount. I was looking at buying a business here. I went down to Texas here on Monday um, with a, a younger associate and she was going to be the operator. And I just realized, I'm like, gosh, you're, you know, 13 years junior than me, very capable, but just hasn't had the life experience, right? Which is fine. But that said, I just realized I've done so many things that at this point I go, look, I want to hyper-focus on the things that bring meaning and value to my life and to the people around me. And whatever that looks like to me or whatever it looks like to you as the listener, you have to find out what that means. What is meaning and what is value? And from those will stem quality. And if you live into that, if you allow yourself to focus on those things and say, yeah, this is what quality or this is what meaning and value is to me, and then internalize it and allow yourself the freedom to live from that, then your story is obviously going to look different than mine. You don't necessarily have to be a multifamily syndicator. You don't have to be a I mean, you can do whatever you want, but you got to make sure that that's the place from which you are living. Because I know for me personally, I have chased the almighty dollar one too many times and done things because it's like, man, you know what? That's a great opportunity to go. We can go turn a quick profit on that. And I hate what we're doing. And you slog it out and you're like, oh, that was, we made money, but that sucked. Yeah. And yeah. life's too short for that. Yeah. yeah, we've all done that. You know, the other thing too, though, how does that apply to your business? I mean, what are you looking at for, I mean, let's just take this straight to, I mean, the personal growth has to happen, right? The foundation has to happen. You have to internalize that growth. You have to get that to happen. After that happens, how's that going to manifest in your business? Just straight up in your business. The very practical things are selecting and retaining the few key operating partners I'm working with. It's like, okay, here's my operating partners. I know how they work. I know what they do. I know what they like to buy. I personally, I want to stay on the capital side. I think it's fun. I enjoy it. You know what? Do I want to be an operator? Maybe someday, but if I don't, it's not killing me, right? And then also slowly compressing maybe what I have previously put as a net worth goal and saying, okay, maybe we just work on what a cash flow goal is. Right. Like, yeah, at this point, debts are basically covered. And I want more than that on a cash flow basis, though. That's part of quality, too. But also going, okay, if I can establish within these realms of investing a few different things that will produce a cash flow for me to give me my time back sooner, right. then maybe we'll focus more on that. So those are well, some and, practical ways. And Tony Robbins, I don't know if you've read his book, Money Master the Game, but he does a, a great cash flow scenario there because he talks about people wanting to retire and what you think it takes to retire and then what it takes to replicate your life if the cash flow is there every month, right? right? And that's really most syndicators' goals is to get to that cash flow piece first and then go for the net worth. But the reality is if you've got the cash flow and you've got the time, I think your net worth just went off the charts, for sure. And if you can triple that or, or, or get the trifecta there where you have money, time and health. Right. But the yeah. third leg of that stool is health. Yeah. And that's something else that, you know, I take very seriously. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you can put those three together, man, then, then yes, you have absolutely achieved quality, at least in my opinion. Well, that's great to hear because, you know, so many people and it was nice to hear you admit that, you know, chasing the dollar has been something we've done because, you know. <laughs> I like parked cars, you know, you hope you don't catch it. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you've done that and you've seen what that gets you, now, it, again, like we said, it makes what you have all that more meaningful because you've got the reality that I've got the best. I, I may not have 10 million bucks in the bank, but I have a quality of life that can't be beat. And I have my health and I have, you know, the other things that go with it. I mean, and not to 
bring your story up again for you to brag, but I mean, you've got the dog and the truck and the kids and the wife. I mean, you've, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, guys, if you want to know more about where Sam's at and how he got the dog, the truck, the wife and the kids, you can follow Sam where? You can follow me. I mean, shoot, the best thing to do is to, is to follow me on the podcast, How to Scale Commercial Real Estate. So there's one way. Second way is just go to uh, brickandinvestmentgroup.com. B-R-I-C-K-E-N, investmentgroup.com. And, you know, when you're looking at how to bring other people along that journey, Sam, what's the first piece of advice you would give someone on our way out of this show here? What's the first piece of advice that you would give them having been through the fire of last year and this previous year or this current year, actually, and where you're going with that? What would be the first piece of advice you would give them if they really wanted to get involved with syndicated real estate? To get involved, you got, I guess, not on the more mindset side of it, but actual practical, if they want to get involved in syndications. Yeah. Three things, actually, I would say that you need to really focus on uh, the first and foremost of those three is who is the team, right? Find a team that you like or find multiple teams that you like. So spend time getting to know your teams, go conferences, phone calls, other investors, get to know the team. The second thing that you really want to focus on is the market that team works in or the markets that team works in. If they're a great team in crappy markets, it's not going to do you any good. But if they're a great team in great markets, okay, then the third thing you're going to focus on in that is the deal, right? Like the deal. And that's where people, I think, oftentimes get that in reverse. Like, oh, this is a great deal. Yeah, but if they're a crappy operator, they're going to lose your money. Right. Start with the, again, like I was talking about earlier, the foundations, start with the team. Yeah. Get your your team figured out. Okay. That's my team. But now we go out and find the markets that team works in. You say, okay, I like this market you're working in, but not that other one. So whatever, do your market research. And then the third thing, of course, then start looking for the deals they send you. And when they send them to you, find out if the projections and everything lines up and makes sense. I even asked for the underwriting file, but you know, and that's where I'd start. Yeah. And you know, that's important because if you're not doing that, then you're not learning. And if you're thinking every deal works, I mean, look, I'll be honest, there's never been a piece of real estate I haven't fallen in love with, but it doesn't mean I went home with it, right? I left some of them with the seller, right? (laughs) So Sam, I really want to thank you for showing up here today and really bringing that authentic truth that a lot of people don't give us in our lives, where you've, you've really been able to be vulnerable and talk about the challenges you've had this year and the way that that's helped you to grow. Not everybody wants to talk about that. So I really appreciate that, man. I really appreciate you. And guys, I want to thank you for being our listeners and tuning into the Real Estate Rundown. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts to get automatic updates. You'll also find us on Instagram and YouTube. Love it if you'd leave us a review. Love to hear your feedback, and I will answer it personally. But guys, once again, thanks again for tuning in to the Real Estate Rundown. We'll talk to you next time. That's a wrap for today's episode of The Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnett.com. And be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode.